This is the SBFL Podcast. Welcome into the final episode of the 2020 season. Shane, what do we got today? Uh, yep, last one. We will recap the semifinals, preview the final matchup, and I think we, or you've got, I should say, prepared some uh, stats and fun facts for the league for the end of the season. Yep, we got a couple of voicemails too from uh, some league members, some non-league members to share. Um, we figured way back in episode zero, it was just Shane and I that started this thing off and figured we would be the ones to finish it so we don't have a guest today. Yeah. All right, so which game you want to start with, yours or mine? Shit, man. It was hard to get, get up to do this podcast, I'll tell you that much. I guess we could start with mine. Um, it, The campers just didn't show up. That's that's what the, the moral of the story is. The Baines put up a very respectable 150. You know, it's a good score. Um, but Devontae Adams has his lowest output of the season um Hawkinson has his lowest output of the season Mahomes throws for the least amount of yards he's done since week six the Rams defense against the Jets only scores two points uh Akers against the Jets you know a week after getting a monster game only scores six uh Allen Robinson very ho-hum 83 yards um just I I had players that had their worst games and then I had players like Kamara and Chubb who just had average games um hey I got beat. It is what it is, you know? Yeah. And Mike's team is really good. I mean, even if you look at his bench, Gio had 22, Antonio Brown had 18, Jeff Wilson had 12, Ahmed had 21. Uh, so he pretty much, you know, he, he couldn't have turned wrong. His only problem was Keenan Allen. But luckily he got uh, that out of the way Thursday night. Uh, so pretty much all day Sunday was just an absolute beatdown. And props to him for hanging on to all those running backs because I asked about him a few times because he had so many. Um, but he would not give me Montgomery or Sanders, but Montgomery was, was after first. So props to Mike for hanging on to Monty because he's uh, possibly carrying him to a championship here. Yeah, no doubt. Um, and it was it was weird because, I mean, my team has just been an absolute, you know, force for the better half of – better part of three months. And even – when I was getting beat late Sunday, I still thought I was going to come back and win. Like, I, I don't know if it was just the fact that I hadn't lost in so long and how good my team was, but it wasn't until like the second half of that Ram jet game when acres had that, I think it was a 20 or 30 yard touchdown run called back. Cause of holding, I was like, fuck, I I'm going to lose. <laughs> and it kind of just, I was like, hey, up until that point, like I still had that mentality. Like, Nah, these guys, you know, they're, they're this good. They're going to get it together. Like, I got my homes going. I got Kamara going, Chubb later. Um, I think you're the only one that thought that. I thought you were actually just messing around in the chat. I didn't know you actually believed that. Yeah, I like I said, until – I don't know how, how much I put up the confidence in the chat, like how late I went with it. But it was really – I was legitimately confident until Akers got that touchdown called back because that was like a 10-point play. Um, or close to it, maybe nine. Um, and at the time, like Kamara was still in the first half, Mahomes was still in the first half, and I was like, "Fuck!" Like I'm, I'm coming back. Like he only had Miles Sanders, who wasn't doing much. So, but yeah, just wasn't to be. Wasn't to be. 
congrats to Mike. Good luck in the belt ball, which, of course, we'll talk about later. Shane, we'll go to your matchup. Do you want to start? Yeah. Uh, old Russ, I kind of put it on him. I think you'll hear about that later, too. But uh, he's kind of been pretty bad lately, but you're not benching Russ Wilson, especially when I have no other quarterbacks. Uh, only 12 points from him. Austin Eckler, Mike Davis, both in single digits. Um, what kind of hurts is I could have started Marvin Jones and won. Um, but it's, you know, the Stafford injury is what scared me off there. Um, and I don't even think Stafford's finished the game. So especially if you had told me, you know, midweek Stafford's only going to play three quarters or whatever he played, I still would have benched Marvin Jones. Um, but it does suck to know that he's just sitting on my bench and I would have won if I put him in. Um, but pretty much I blame my running backs and Russell Wilson and, you know, Christian McCaffrey for getting hurt three different times after I got him. Yeah, I think, I mean, probably your whole season, the thorn in the Cobra side was your running backs. I, I mean, you paid a lot of money for Ezekiel Elliott, and he really didn't have a good, you know, I, I mean, he had an okay year. I'm not saying he was he sucked and he was a complete bust like Saquon Barkley, but he didn't have the year that you drafted him for. No, yeah, he had the first, like, five weeks or whatever till Dak went down. Mm-hmm. Uh, no, Dak going down crushed me um, for Zeke. Kittle going down. Yeah, I haven't. I don't think – I think if you average out since Kittle went down, my tight end position has scored me about three points, and that's not an exaggeration. Um, it's really right around three points since week eight or nine, I think he went down. Um, so that's been a problem. Um, but, you know, Russ stopped cooking a few weeks ago. <laughs> um, but, yeah, my running backs, you know, I thought that they were going to come around for the playoffs, um, but McCaffrey hurt his thigh, and then I forget – or shoulder that now is thigh – um, and then Eckler, for some reason, Anthony Lynn just does not want to give Austin Eckler the ball. He's um, not good. So, sort of. And by he, I mean Anthony Lynn. Yeah, no, Eckler's good. Um, but yeah, my wide receivers were fine. Um, even Chris Godwin, who was, you know, the question mark about Marvin Jones. Um, I was pretty confident in Godwin. He put up almost 12. So like, that's not even really a bad game. Um, so my wide receivers were always kind of a strength, even though they turned over like five different times throughout the season. But uh you know, Matt's just got – and I figured Aaron Jones was going to have a big game because um, he was kind of due. And it was just like hit after hit. Um, you know, Thursday night, Eckler doesn't do anything. The first Saturday game, Buffalo's defense scores a touchdown. The second Saturday game, Aaron Jones goes off. Mike Davis does nothing. Um, so I wasn't too confident going into Sunday anyway. So props to Matt. Um, and it's going to be the Cousins battling in the Yeah, the wrong family. Uh, the wrong family won in the semis. I think we can both agree. Uh, yes, definitely. <laughs> I do have some fun facts. So so today was my first day on Christmas break, so I had a load of time on my hands. Um, and so I went I went back and I updated all the record books and, and you know, the, the some of the matrices we have with the uh, head-to-head records and stuff. And so I wanted to – instead of bringing a trivia time to you, I want to kind of – get your thoughts on some of these fun facts that I had from observations. And we'll start with the newest addition to the SBFL this year, which was the King of the Hill. And a couple of uh, fun facts, snow was one in five in King of the Hill matchups. I think we've, we have alluded to that in earlier podcasts. You finished the season four and O in King of the Hill matchups. And by tally five owners never even had a shot at it. Anthony Casey, Frank, Matt and Ira never even got a King of the Hill matchup. So 
I, I don't know. It's just some fun facts from our first year with that in the in the yeah. league. Frustrating for those five. Five. I mean, I enjoyed it because I got you know forty bucks out of it, and I get to play for it next year. So whoever gets me week one, nice little schedule draw for them. Um, but I liked it, and uh, it was nice to see Snow fold over and over again. Um, you know, he I guess he still did win twenty bucks off it, so it wasn't that bad for him. But one and five is pretty crazy, and the fact that he had you know seven chances out of thirteen to get it. Yeah, and that one when I say one and five, it does not include week one where everybody was where there was no king and everybody you know had the chance to win it. So that one is not factored in there. So he did actually win King of the Hill twice. Um, I also went back in time and looked at some of the survivor statistics because I never really took the time to, to go back and, and total it all up. And I, did you know Casey's won that three times? Uh, I, I would have guessed twice if you had done the trivia time. Um, because I know he's always in it at the end, but three is a lot, you know, 50%. Yep. Obviously. 2015, 2017, and then this year he won it. So he's won it three times, which is kind of crazy. Even though he's won it three times, he's tied for fourth in most weeks survived. That's you crazy, but it's not that surprising because of the even odd. And obviously, this is an even year, so he's fine. But those other even years, he's terrible. So he was probably out early. Yeah, like very early, actually. In 2016, he was the first one eliminated. In 2018, he was the second one eliminated. <laughs> right. Uh, That'll bring you down real quick and only, you know, if it's only six-year sample size. Yeah, you actually have the most weeks survived with 40. Um, and you, you've never been eliminated in the month of September, which is kudos to you. Oh, that's great. I've also never been alive for the finals or the probably even the second week left. I- you probably don't remember, but in 2016, you actually were in the S, uh, the Survivor oh. Bowl, if you will. Okay. You, um, I didn't remember that at all. Yeah, you got outscored by Anthony that year. Um, you've been close a couple of other times. In in 2015 and 2018, you were the you know the last one eliminated before the Survivor Bowl. So um, you were close a couple of times. Yeah, so gets me nothing. Yep. But I do right. like that I have that stat to my name. Yeah, on the other end. KJ has survived 21 total weeks over the course of six years. However, in the year 2019, he survived 11 weeks. He was the survivor champ, which means in the other five years combined, he combined to only survive 10 weeks. That's Ira-esque. And what's ironic about it is he would tell you the year he survived one, zero, three, and one. He would tell you those are the fluke years. Yeah, four, <laughs> four, four years he didn't even make it out of the month of September, and those were the flukes. <laughs> yeah, definitely not 2019. And, and you, you bash Ira, but um, in three years, in three seasons, Ira's actually survived 12 weeks, which is equivalent to Noonan in four years. Uh, yeah, I mean, I don't think Ira's that bad. I was just saying that's an Ira-esque stat. Ira's got a lot of bad stats to his name. He does. Yeah, he does. Oh, that's all uh, I was saying. KJ, I say, I you know, I, I told told you he's had survived twenty one weeks. That's actually not the worst of the the league members that have played all six seasons. That honor belongs to Mike Stocko, believe it or not. He's only survived twenty weeks, including twenty eighteen and twenty nineteen back to back years. He didn't survive week one. He was the first person eliminated. Wow, and what? Yeah, 
that's kind of weird because I think he has a reputation for, well, I guess 2019, he kind of blew the draft. I think he recognized that. Um, but this year he was voted worst draft and he survived. So interesting. Yeah, it, it was. And especially cause you know, take all these data points and you, you have some fun with arguments and fun with numbers and everything. So that, that's, that makes him look really bad. But then when I calculated the points for everybody throughout the, the seasons, he has the second most points scored in league history uh, behind snow. So he's on one end of the survivor, but on total points scored, he's second in, in history of the league. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. Well, I guess he gets his team going at the end of the season like this year. So Yeah, pretty much. Um, I had to change one, two, three, four, five records in the record book. You ready for them? Yeah. Congrats to Matt Tarowski, who adds his name to the most belt bowl appearances. Uh, his second belt bowl appearance this year, he ties Casey Snow and Frank at two. Tarowski also broke the record for most playoff wins. He's up to five. You and I added our name to the ever-elusive uh, first-round buy list, joining Frank and KJ as the only four members to ever have a first-round buy. Great. <laughs> Good for us, right? Uh, these last two were actually my favorite to switch out. Personal favorite, for specific reason, uh, the longest current playoff drought now belongs to Ira. Had to switch that one out. He's now has the most at three. And the most sticker bitches. Frankie two times ties up mm. Dan Noonan in the record book with two sticker bitches. Congrats, Frank. That's a big one. But I'll send that. Speaking of, um, well, I guess he's never been, but he will be eventually. You know, Ira has only beaten two owners in the whole league more than one time. Uh, no, but you're talking about active owners. Uh, no, like, and the, just what do you mean, active owners like Shamu? He, he went oh, he went oh, and two against Shamu. Oh, okay. Uh, well, it's KJ, you know, yep. Ira gets a team up for rivalry week. We all know that he knows how to rally the troops. He's two and one most. against KJ, and the other person he's beaten multiple times is Frank. He's four and one against Frank. Every other owner he's only beaten once or zero times, including offers against Casey and Mike. I don't know. I forget what his trend is on, but next year we better watch out because he's going to be like nine and seven or something next year. Or not nine and seven. That's an NFL record. Um, like seven and six or something. Is, is, that, is, that, is that where his trajectory is? Something like that. Uh, eventually he will fuck it up. Or maybe he'll win. Who knows? Yeah, I guess you're right. Uh, you want to go to Iowa's voicemail now? Uh, yes. All right, let me see if I, I think it was a tame it. one. No boom roasted. Okay. All right, here it is. I got it. What's up, Sticker Boys? It's Iowa uh, calling to give you a quick update. Um, well, I lost. I got bounced from the playoffs in the first round of both leagues, and I'm pissed. Um, and my standard league... Pretty much chalk it up to the 49ers defense, giving me minus five. Uh, I lost by 10 in that game. Uh, so really asking for five from a defense or six wouldn't have been asking too much. Uh, there was, I think, a couple defenses on waivers that scored that. Um, but, 
Yeah, so that was kind of a bad go there. And then in my PPR league, I took a 30-burger from Hoppy. I had a 22-burger from Kelsey. And wouldn't you know it, Russell Wilson only got 12 points and screwed me over. So I lost by six. I still put up a decent total, like 120s or something. Um, And uh, it's pretty much on Russ's shoulders, I think. Um, I had Baker. I should have played Baker. Um, And literally every single starting running back that I had uh, screwed me over. So I had a bunch of people on the bench that outscored my starters. And you're not going to not get Randy Jackson's autograph. You're not going to not start – Raheem Mostert, Chris Carson, and Kareem Hunt for Le'Veon Bell, Carlos Hyde, uh, not at the table, Carlos, um, and a few other guys. So whatever, uh, the Baker thing was it. Um, And that's just, you know, kind of live and learn. We'll see. Uh, I should have shaken Russ way earlier. He's been sucking too long. Um, So that's on me. But we'll get him next year and uh, just have a good offseason. And, uh, Jon Snow, I'm coming for you, buddy. See ya. That was a lot tamer. Um, there's no such thing as a 22 burger for those listening. Or 30, <laughs> no. 40, or 50. Um, uh, the two notes, I mean, it sounds like two different leagues. The 49ers defense, I don't know what he's doing starting the 49ers defense. Um, yeah, we've got four backup defensive linemen. We're playing backups, 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 um, and defensive backs. Um, that's kind of on him. The Russ thing I could see, uh, I mean, I had Russ and Baker, so I, obviously we are in two-quarterback league. He sounds like he's at a one. Um, so he had a decision to make when I pretty much had to play Russ um, and Baker. But you know, I said it before, you pretty much – I think you just got to go down with the ship. I think you know Washington was going to be a tough matchup, but you're not benching Russell Wilson. Yeah, I mean, I, I know why he's tamer. He just took it on the chin in two leagues. Um <laughs> But nonetheless, he did call out Jon Snow there, and Jon Snow actually left us a voicemail. Uh, he wanted to have a little rebuttal Ooh, to... I haven't heard this. I, For what it's worth, I have not heard it either, um, and he did forewarn <laughs> us that there's a lot of cursing in his voicemail, so you might got to get the beat machine out. But let's uh, let's go ahead and play Jon Snow's um, rebuttal. Listen here, you pig-humping son of a bitch. Next time you take that dick out of that cock holster, you call a mouth start talking shit about me, you better put some respect on my name. In all seriousness, now, I know big humping's a lot, of, a lot of hard work. Me and Ira just got done taking turns humping your mom, and it damn near killed us. So you're doing God's work over there. I got three things I'd like to say to you, big humper. The first thing is I think my evaluation on drafting Travis Kelsey that high is still accurate. You could have had Travis Kelsey in the second, and yes, he outperformed everyone's expectations, even your own. He's drafted you. He was fifth in PPR and scoring. You drafted him, I think, seventh or eighth. But you could have had him in the second, and you could have drafted Alvin Kamara in the first. Alvin Kamara is leading PPR and scoring. So a real expert would have done Alvin Kamara and then your boy Travis Kelsey. But an absolute best of the best move probably would have been something like Alvin Kamara in the first, Derrick Henry, Tyreek Hill in the second, and then Darren Wallace fifth or sixth or fourth round, whatever he is. But instead, you're out here making amateur moves like drafting tight ends in the first round. And I believe that still supports my evaluation of him, which was uh, my evaluation of you drafting him that high, 
which I believe I said it was something like, you could fuck a million bitches, but you suck one cock, you're a cocksucker. Uh, you can win a million of your shitty little house leagues. Uh, Draft tied in the first round, you're a cocksucker. Can't take anything you say seriously. And that leads directly into the second thing I would like to say. No one gives a shit about you and your shitty little house leagues. If we did, we'd be listening to you make a podcast talking about your league. Instead, you call into a, our podcast every week, sounding like you were just on the wrong end of a blowjob. Uh, uh, I uh, drafted Travis Kelsey, and I just beat my cousin Skeeter and my incest Billy Bob Joe brother. Uh, no one gives a shit about your house league. That'll be the last time I ever comment on these little shitty leagues you play in. No one cares about you beating up uh, on your, your stepdad and your grandpa in fantasy football. We're playing a real big boy league over here. But that does lead into the third thing I'd like to say, is if one day we do ever need a 12, I would love for you to join. But I know that riding a mule out to the East Coast would take too much time out of your big humping time. So I volunteer to fly you out there to wherever we're at, if we're in Virginia Beach, or if we're in New Jersey, or if we're in Pennsylvania, or if we're in South Bend, I will fly you out there. Have a Merry Christmas, you filthy animal. Oh, and pizza rats to become back-to-back champs. Uh, <laughs> I had to hold in laughter a lot there. Uh, me too. That's the voicemail of the season. That it's. I mean, for as many voicemails as Iowa left, he just got blasted. <laughs> He's got no time for rebuttal too. It's the last episode. <laughs> that was awesome. Snow, thank you very much for taking uh two minutes and forty-four seconds out of your day to bless us with that absolute gold voicemail. Um I don't know how I didn't bust out laughing multiple times during it. Uh yeah, there's no recovering from that. But hey, if we ever need a twelfth, uh sounds like Matt's got a free plane ticket. Yeah, yeah, it does. It absolutely does, but uh, we do have one other voicemail. Ira sent in a pick. Uh, I don't think he's got shit talk. So we can. You want to play that now, or you want to play that a little bit later? Well, we got snows pick, snows pick in the rats. So go ahead and uh, all right, play Iris too, and then we'll talk about it. All right, let's see who Iris picking. Uh, hey, sticker boys, this is uh, the eighth place uh, rattlesnakes here. Just uh, checking in. I uh, wanted to say, just like the Mets are going to steal away DJ Lemayhew. I think uh, Mets fans like Stocko will steal the belt away from his Yankee cousin, uh, Matt Tarowski, whatever kind of name that is. Uh, It's going to happen late Sunday night. Uh, Matt's going to take an early lead on Friday, but Stocko's going to take it all. Um, So my final prediction in the Big Apple Belt Bowl, give me Gotham City over New York City. Let's go 141 to 118. They even gave you a score on that one. Uh, did, could you f- feel how proud he is to say the eighth place rattlesnakes? Listen, eleventh, eleventh, eighth. So you gotta gotta hold on to something. I guess, I guess. But uh, nobody really cares about our third place matchup. Although there is um, a little bit of money on the line. I would guess you're picking you. I'm picking me. So we can just skip right ahead to the belt bowl. Well, to be honest, I'd probably just pick you. Oh, no, thanks, I also man. don't care. <laughs> uh, it'll be hopefully a nice consolation, 25 bucks. Uh, but nobody really cares. So let's talk about the belt bowl. The rats are here for a second straight year. They haven't lost a playoff game in a very long time. Uh, Gotham city makes their debut in the belt bowl. Probably the favorite. I know they're favored by, se- you know, projections haven't favored by seven, but they would probably be the uh, favorite, right? 
Uh, I don't know. The big news today is James Robinson is um, sitting out practice today, Wednesday. Um, and so we're not sure what's happening there, um, you know, because Wednesday's a really big day. Um, so a couple cues on both sides of the matchup. Um, my heart says the rats. My head says the Banes. I think right, the Banes well, will win. Well, let's, let's break it down then. Let's break it down. Who is the advantage at the quarterback position? You've got Brady and Cousins for the Rats, Trubisky and Matt Ryan for the Baines. Uh, I mean, if you're just looking at the players, it's the Rats. But if you take the matchups into account, I think you got to say it's the Baines. Right? I mean, Brady's going to have a good game, um, but Trubisky's playing the Jags, so I think he'll have a good game. Matt Ryan is going to have to throw for 5,000 yards if the Falcons want to even, like, compete. Um, and the Saints defense is sneaky good, so I think Kirk might struggle a little bit. So I think it's going to be close on, on the quarterback front, but I'll, I, I think the Baines will have a better quarterback week. See, I, I agree with what you're saying. I do think it's going to be close. I give the slight edge to the Rats quarterbacks uh, because both of their quarterbacks are playing in a dome. Um, you know, I've, Trubisky's playing in Jacksonville, so the weather will be fine in Jacksonville. But this time of year, it's like four degrees in Kansas City. So uh, Matt Ryan could really throw up a stinker. Uh, that's that's very much in the cards. No, it's definitely – I mean, it's definitely possible that he throws like five picks. But he's going to have to throw it around. I'll put a little bit of trust in him to rack up some garbage points. Yeah. So, I mean, we both agree, though, um, it is very close. What about the wide receiver position? The Rats rolling out Tyreek Hill, Smith-Schuster, Emmanuel Sanders. And the Baines rolling out A.J. – AJ Brown and Antonio Brown and then Keenan Allen. Yeah. So I would find a way to get Richard Higgins in the lineup. If I was the rats, um, probably bench Emmanuel Sanders. I mean, Minnesota is pretty soft defense though. So I don't know. It's kind of tough. Juju laid a stinker last week with only one point. So maybe you bench Juju. I don't know. It's tough to bench that name. Um, but I like Richard Higgins. I, I was actually expecting Richard Higgins in the lineup last week when I, when I played Matt. Um, didn't see him and ended up not mattering because I think he scored the exact same as Manuel Sanders. Um, I think these are also, I mean, their teams are basically borderline identical until you get to the tight end spot. If you just want to skip ahead, <laughs> I don't okay, have a so pick we, for, I don't have a pick for wide receivers or running backs. I think their wide receivers and their running backs are both really good. Um, I think that Mike's got the edge at tight end. That's going to be the difference. And the rats just added Tony Pollard today. Spent the rest of it was a good ad. It was. I, I put. I, I tried to, I, but I only had ten dollars fab left because I was um, trying to make that move to get Pollard, put him in my lineup uh, to replace Cam Akers, but that didn't happen. Tight Could end be an issue if Zeke comes back though, because then he's split in time, and then I guess he's probably just going to throw Higgins in his lineup, I guess. And yeah, probably run four wide receivers instead of three running backs. I, I mean, I think it's pretty clear who has the tight end advantage. Yeah. I mean, he's got it twice over. He's got Kittle coming back, too. I don't think Kittle's got room in that lineup. Man, this is an even matchup. But when you go down the list like this and just break it down position by position, the only obvious advantage is the Baines at tight end. The other yeah. three positions, I guess four with the defense. Um, yeah, that's kind of why I skipped it. I haven't really looked at it until right now, but I was like, I'm going to say the same thing for running backs. I'm going to say the same thing yeah. for everything. Uh, they're very yeah, – it's going to be interesting. Um I think I guess uh, Ira's prediction is that Josh Jacobs um, playing Sunday night football is going to be the one to Saturday night. That's Saturday night against the Dolphins. Oh, that's Saturday night. 
I don't know. Ira predicted Stacco to take over late Sunday night. AJ Brown? Think... Yeah, I guess so. But AJ, um, um, Antonio, uh, Antonio, uh, Aaron Jones is also playing Sunday night. Yeah, well, I guess that's what I get for trusting Ira. Um, yeah, shouldn't have done that. He, if he anybody takes over Sunday night, it's probably going to be Matt. But yeah, and Ira got stuck. He said eighth plays rattlesnakes, and then he lost his train of thought because he was so happy. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I mean, I want Matt to win because I'd rather just another two-time champion than another new champion. Um, wouldn't I mean I don't really care if Mike wins, but um, that's my reasoning. I think I think Mike will win, but I'll be rooting for Matt. So I th- normally always want a new champion, but. I do feel bad for the rats um, because for a couple of reasons, one, we changed the way they get the belt. So he got kind of, I know snow also got kind of screwed on the belt, but Matt got screwed on, on the belt um, transfer. He also, because of COVID, they couldn't make it. Both these guys couldn't make it to Virginia beach last year. So he didn't get to enjoy his uh, winner's dinner when he's picking the menu. Uh, He hasn't got, I haven't given him his jacket yet. So I'm picking the rats because while he is a past champion, he really hasn't gotten to bask in the glory of being at the auction as a champion. So I'd like to see that for him. You don't need to buy another jacket. Uh, Well, spoiler alert. I actually, I bought a jacket, but the iron on, I I messed up the iron on. So I got to buy a new jacket anyway. Oh, oh, all right. But I guess I, I won't have to buy two new jackets if the rats win again. Yeah, so I'm picking the rats and I'm cheering for the rats, and that's no disrespect for the Baines um, at all. It just, uh, I, I think the rats kind of got screwed out of their championship parade, if you will. Yeah. All right. Well, I guess that is a, a wrap on the 2020 season because we're not going to be back next week because no offense to the championship game, but it's going to be a really short podcast if we talk about one game. So, yeah. And everybody will know what happened in the game. Uh, it's not like we need, they need us to recap it. Um, but I guess the next time we'll talk, maybe we'll do a podcast after the off season owners meetings, maybe something big will happen and, and we'll need that, but that usually happens in April or May. So, Hey, appreciate everybody listening out there. Um, and uh, well, well, we'll leave you with this song instead. Oop, shout out Veronica and my farmers in Iowa. <laughs>